Welcome to We Chat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of We Chat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, offering divorce financial planning so clients can secure the divorce settlement they deserve. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to request access. Welcome to WeChat Divorce, brought to you by My Divorce Solution and hosted by myself, Karen Shalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, Divorce Financial Specialist and CDFA. On these special explainer videos, we answer the top questions about divorce, giving you confidence and clarity. Today, we're going to talk to you about why financial self-care is so important when divorcing, where to start, and how to make sure your well-being is a big part of the equation. So let's get started. First of all, how does protecting yourself and financial self-care even fit into the same sentence? Financial self-care starts with an intention plan, doing right by yourself, even when it may seem scary or overwhelming. Well, what does that actually mean, Karen, doing right by yourself, even when it sounds scary or overwhelming? So in my experience, a lot of people, when they're approaching divorce, and even in my own situation, just the thought of divorce and all of the unknowns can just be like a tsunami coming over you, right? Mm -hmm. But making intention steps. So even if you, I don't know, choose three things every day that you can count on that make you feel better, that are moving you forward, start there. And that's what I call intention steps. So when it comes to financial care, an intention step would be, do I want that Starbucks today or can I make coffee by myself today? I like that, right? Right. So sometimes I just need to leave this room that I'm in all day, every day and drive to get a coffee because working at home, you feel a little trapped sometimes, but it makes me feel good to drive out and buy an $8 cup of coffee when I exactly, I have the pot at home and I can make the same thing and it tastes just as good, but I need that for myself to emotionally um, feel more present in the day and get myself started. It could be as little as that change your routine for the day. Um, if it costs you $8, it costs you $8. So true. But then contrast that with some people in the unknown tend to be very impulsive, right? I'm going to go spend all this money. I'm going to go do all these things without understanding what that means to them. And so the intention steps would be finding that space that is good for you but it's also moving you forward, especially as you're trying to divide those finances. Yeah. And if you don't mind, I'll use the same example. And I'm not trying to pick on Starbucks. It could be any place. Um, (laughs) But, you know, if you just feel like, you know what, I need to go get a coffee every single day and sometimes twice a day, you know, that's 20 bucks a day on coffee. And if you add that up into your budget for a month, it's a lot more money than you're thinking it is going to be. So when you're complaining that you don't have any money, You know, you have to take that intention step to step back and say, what is the one thing I can start eliminating to make myself feel better about even my budget for the month? So true. And in that space, then, Catherine, a lot of people 
start to reduce their lifestyles, especially when they're scared or overwhelmed. They immediately start to cut back everything without understanding the impact of that. And I think that's something that everyone needs to be aware of. You know, are you cutting back because you're scared or are you cutting back because you know exactly how much money the family has to spend? You know what your cash flow is. And it may be different than your lifestyle that you and your family have created. So, you know, are you doing it because of the cash flow or are you doing it because you're scared? You need to know that because when you're filling out your financial disclosure for court, you need to qualify any reduction in spending. And it does certainly seem like a lot of work, but you know what? At the end of the day, money is not easy. And it's probably even less easy if you're not if you haven't been that household manager. But it's really all about a mindset, daily tasks, and then those intention steps. Yes. And, and Catherine, if you haven't been that family financial manager, as we call it, one of the first things you want to do when divorcing is check those bank account balances. And I hear a lot of from people saying, well, I don't have access. I don't know. Well, you are entitled to access. So do what you need to do to check those bank account balances. I really want to challenge you here. Not you, Karen, but our audience. Um, oh, and I can challenge you. Too, challenge me mind. too. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you say check those account balances, mm -hmm. it's, I, I want people to understand that you don't have to understand what the market's doing. You don't have to check a balance because you think your spouse is being intentionally deceitful. You don't have to be nervous about checking a balance because you don't think you deserve that information. You have to do it because it's really healthy to do it. And you're doing it because you need to take that first step to changing your relationship with that account or all of your accounts. And that is by saying, you know what, I'm going to look at this account, whether it has less in it than I was expecting or more in it than I was expecting. I'll deal with that later. Or if you see transactions that you are unaware of, okay, I'll deal with that later. But right now, today, all you have to do is check it. It's one little step to take that first look. Because if you don't take that first step, you'll never change your attitude towards any of your accounts moving forward, post, even post-divorce. Uh, you'll live the same cycle that you've always lived. And that is with probably uncertainty and with being afraid. And then you just go out and like I said, you probably end up buying five Starbucks in a day because you just don't want to deal with it. So be accountable and take that first step, but just the first step. And that is to just look at it. Right. I, I love that. And putting that in context, you know, a lot of people think if they're not the financial manager, it doesn't matter if your husband, wife, 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 it does. This, that doesn't matter. If you're not the financial manager, a lot of times you're approaching checking those account balances with trepidation, right? You're uncertain. You think that you, it's going to be seen as adversity. But I like to help people understand that when you're asking for access to balances or passwords, it's from a place of knowledge. It's not from a place of challenging. You need to know that information if you're entering the divorce arena. And if your spouse isn't going to give that to you, then there's certain things that you need to do to make sure you have access. You know, if you put it in the space of a business transaction, either business partner is not going to enter into a transaction until they know what it is on the table. And so if you can look at it in that space, and typically the financial manager 
they may get a little unnerved about it because it's not a conversation you've ever had before. But it, but would your spouse make financial decisions if you had the information? Wouldn't your spouse expect you to give that him or her that information as well? And so sometimes when you reframe that conversation and put it in context, it makes it a little easier for you to move forward to get that information. It also, excuse me, it also makes it easier for you to refrain from pulling everyone else about your situation and believing that every single divorce professional is going to handle everything for you because they are not. You know, you have to find your trusted resources, of course, and stick to them. But your friend's attorney, your realtor's attorney, or even your financial advisor's attorney may not be the best option for you. And so when you look at these accounts, I'm always amazed when, you know, there's trans large transactions that come out of retirement accounts or someplace else. And immediately your best friend or your attorney says we need a forensic or your best friend says we need to go after everything that your spouse has because they've been stealing money for you. And there's so many times where we, we ask, you know, we saw this $20,000 come out of this account. Do you know what that was used for? And when the person who hasn't been handling the money sits back, backs and thinks, oh yeah, that's when we finished our basement. Or, oh yeah, we took a cruise that year. You know, stuff does come back to you when you're in the know. And so the sooner you become comfortable looking at these accounts, a lot of money could save you in the long run because you'll recall these things instead of trying to chase for something that didn't occur. Exactly. Next tip, learn something new about money and how it may affect your divorce. And this kind of plays on what Catherine was saying as well, because sometimes a lot of people get very emotionally attached to transactions that they don't know about. And a lot of times they're irrelevant from a from a court's perspective or from a divorce perspective. So if you're not preparing, if you don't know what all of this means, you know, you're going to be back on your heels spending a lot of money that's not going to get you anywhere. So take the initiative. be brave, the initiative. I love that. Take the initiative to learn something new, even if it's one thing and write it down at the end of the day. What did you learn today about your money that relates to your divorce. And all of you who are working to be amicable with your spouses, asking questions is not questioning someone. So if you need to ask a few questions about your accounts or um, what something means or where a certain bank is or anything, doesn't matter how little that question is, it's a question. And that is how you'll be able to change your relationship with money as well. Um, if your amicable spouse is back against the wall, getting very defensive, that's a red flag because you are not questioning your spouse. You're just asking questions so that you can be financially in tune to what's going on. So make sure you are up to date on all your wellness checkups, dental checkups, any health issues. Um, divorce is so stressful and it's not, it's, it's not a time to make sure that these habits, bad habits remain in place. You want to create new good, healthy habits. So Financially speaking and medically and physically speaking, you should take care of yourself. Absolutely. And, and sometimes, not all of the times, but enough that your health insurance policy may change. So when you're getting your wellness checkups and you, you know, you have procedures or appointments that need to be made, make sure you understand 
how that fits into your health insurance policy um, parameters. So we are, go ahead, Catherine. I just wanted to add, once once you become more confident with your financial situation, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, it doesn't matter, it is you. And once you can own that relationship with money and change your relationship with money for the better, and do things that you love every day, you will feel more confident, I promise you, um, when you go into any meetings ahead of yourself. I agree. Great tips here today. So thank you for joining us on this enlightening episode of Protecting Yourself and Your Money When Divorcing, Financial Self-Care Tips to Get You Started on the Right Foot. We hope you now have a clearer understanding of how important financial self-care is during the divorce process, where to start, and how to be intentioned about your well-being. Stay tuned for future episodes as we continue to unravel the fascinating world of finance and divorce. Remember, knowledge is power. Disclaimer, the information provided in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and should not be considered as financial or legal advice. Please consult with professionals in the relevant fields for personal personalized guidance. If you're considering divorce, Make sure to protect your wealth with divorce financial planning from My Divorce Solution. Our certified divorce experts will help you untangle your finances and understand your settlement options so you can negotiate your marital assets with confidence. Protect your financial estate with divorce financial planning. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to see if you qualify to work with our financial divorce experts. That's MyDivorceSolution.com for expert divorce financial planning. Thanks for joining us on another episode of We Chat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you're looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to MyDivorceSolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.